0: Hello, and welcome to the Unnamed Automotive Podcast. My name is Sammy Haj Assad, and with me, as always, is my good friend and fellow automotive journalist, Benjamin Hunting. Say hi to the people, Ben. Greetings, human listeners. Greetings to everyone, especially our new listeners. If this is the first time you're listening to our podcast, thank you for trying something new. Ben and I are a pair of automotive journalists, and you can find our work all over the internet. Uh, I think that's right. Ben, why don't you tell people where they can find your latest work?
1: Uh, you can find my work at Motor Trend, at Car and Driver, at Haggerty, and at Driving Line.
0: And you can find my work at Autotrader.ca as well as Driving.ca, TechSpot,
1: and Nuvo Magazine. Ben, we've got some luxury cars to talk about today. What do you think? I think that I'm eager to disc- have our discussion with my uh, newly configured mouth, which has stopped being super gross and painful, which is nice. It only took twelve days to heal. To the point where I could live like a normal human being. So, uh, just no more smoothies? I, no more smoothies. Well, you know what's funny is I wasn't even allowed to use a straw. Like, that's apparently, I still can't for like three weeks or something. I don't know.
0: I'm not allowed. Like, will the straw police come in? What the happens is, is it'll police? trigger
1: a brain aneurysm uh, or something equally dire. No, it, it'll just mess up my mouth again. And I'm not eager to go back to that. So I'm just kind of erring on the side of caution there, but yeah, it's uh, if you if anyone out there has their wisdom teeth, keep them forever. That's my advice to you. I'm not a dentist.
0: <laughs> That's a, that is true. You are autom- you are an automotive journalist rather than a dentist. Would you like to be a dentist? No, no, thank you. Why not? I, I can't handle that kind of
1: responsibility
0: of looking into someone's mouth.
1: Is that what you think dentists do? <laughs>
0: I think so. Then I fall asleep and then I wake up.
1: I guess so. Yeah. And they're so not for there you, anymore. dentistry is a subset of time travel. <laughs>
0: exactly. Exactly. Um, but Ben, you know our podcast isn't about dentistry. Not this week. <laughs> not this week. It's about cars and crossovers. So why don't you tell all the folks what you drove lately? And let's uh, see if we can riff off of that. Or else I'll just let you uh, rant and ramble for the, the entirety of the podcast.
1: So I drove a brand new... Uh, luxury crossover, of which there are endless supplies uh, on the current marketplace. But this one is interesting because the vehicle that came before it is something I don't think most people ever really thought about when they were shopping for luxury. It wasn't really front of mind. And I think that the automaker decided to do something about that and kind of try to push it to the forefront. And that's the Infiniti QX60, Sammy.
0: Okay, the QX60 has an interesting history um, it started life off as the Infinity JX thirty five, if yes. I remember correctly. Then became the QX um, sixty. I think it was I think it was the change.
1: JX for like one year.
0: <laughs> yeah, and if I recall, it was somewhat popular as the JX, and then I think people got real tired of like V six CVTs in their luxury cars, and were like, "This is not what I'm. This is not what I was expecting for so, so, this price point, right?" So, what
1: I felt about the previous generation QX GX whatever, yeah, <laughs> is 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 similar to what you're saying. I think that it was a very bland vehicle where there was nothing really wrong with it, but there was nothing really appealing about it. It was kind of a wallpapery entry into the segment. It it was relatively large. I believe they were all three row. And it was comfortable, but there was nothing super intriguing about the vehicle. And you know, flash forward to 2022, there are so many three-row midsize vehicles out there. Uh, it's you know
0: at least 22.
1: Yeah, at least at least 22. Um, but this is the Infinity is playing in that second tier of luxury, and what I mean by that is. They would like to think, as a brand, I think that they're up against Mercedes, BMW, and Audi, but I really think that this is a vehicle that goes up against something like an Acura MDX, or a Lincoln Aviator, or a Cadillac, was it XT6? Is that the 3 row? Yep. yep. Wow,
0: I completely forgot that car existed. Yes, you See, now it.
1: that's the problem, Sammy, Holy moly. It's the segment that we're in is very forgettable. All now, of those- okay, hold
0: on. You said second tier. Is there a is there
1: not a tier above first tier? What do you mean? I that is that sounds like a trap.
0: <laughs> no, isn't there ultra luxury?
1: <laughs> yeah, but ultra luxury I think is, is something a segment else entirely. All its own.
0: Okay, and there sorry. aren't
1: really any I mean, are there any mid size ultra luxuries? Is the Bottega mid size or is it full size? It's hard to say, right?
0: I don't even know what you would consider size yeah, I think ultra luxury is like maximum size. If you're talking about size, it's it is as much size as you need. Yeah, so uh,
1: you know, I, I'm not really talking about. Okay. I'm talking about things that are well under a hundred thousand dollars, which, gotcha. which even in first tier midsize luxury is at least thirty grand underneath that. So yeah. it's kind of like a it's like a playground.
0: Where does Buick and uh, where does Buick rank here?
1: So that's a very good question. Um, is Buick in this list. So that I would say that you know, second tier luxury is like starting around fifty grand and then if you get stupid with options you probably add another 10 or 15 on top of that okay so there's there's two interesting um comparators here
0: yes
1: buick is one of them like you mentioned and genesis oof so for wow. me, so for me i'm putting genesis in first tier luxury at this point i, I think,
0: think right now they've they've earned that spot right now i
1: feel like G- genesis is right with bmw and mercedes benz in for for their crossovers and suvs Okay. Are they there with Porsche? I don't know. Um, what about Volvo? Where does Volvo fit in? Are they second tier? It's kind Are you of, asking me? Yeah, I'm asking you. What do you think? Or are you asking somebody else? No, I'm, there's no one else here, Sammy. I don't know what you're looking at.
0: <laughs> I think they are also second
1: tier. Okay, so we have a second tier with Lexus, which I forgot to mention.
0: They are they are second tier on the cusp of first tier.
1: Really? You put Lexus in second tier? Oh, oh I'm going to ask you a straight up question. Would you take an X5 or would you take an RX?
0: Just because they compete in the same segment does not mean one is in a different class than the other. I'm
1: not saying they're in a different class, but I'm saying they are in different tiers of prestige and uh, in terms of what you get for your money. Well, the the problem is the three-row R. oh well, are these three-rows? Yeah, let's talk about the three-rows, which really makes it that much harder for, for Lexus. The RX is awful. Yeah, the R- so— The three-row RX is awful. So we've really— cutting through, <laughs> But the two-row one is good. Cutting through all this gobbledygook. Yes. I, I think that Infinity finds itself firmly in the second tier. Uh, okay. I don't even want to think about third tier, which is maybe where Buick is. By itself? Because I think that maybe third tier... The real name for third tier luxury is maybe premium. And I think that that's something that's entirely... And and when you say something's premium and not luxury, I don't mean to say that Buick is like lesser than and it's a terrible product. I'm saying that it's trying to do something else. So I guess that's kind of where I'm going. But Infinity is definitely striving to be luxurious. The QX60 is striving to be noticed. And to make it more noticeable... It's continuing along the same lines as the Pathfinder because they're under the skin the same vehicle this year. And we've already talked about the Pathfinder earlier this year about how it's kind of beefed up its appearance and made itself look like maybe it's an off-road vehicle, even though clearly it's not. It's stuck in crossover country, which is fine. It's relatively good at what it does. It's not something that's easy to recommend, but I would not tell someone to avoid it. Yep. The QX60, I think, falls into a really similar segment. It starts at about forty-seven grand, or that segment, but really similar kind of appraisal. Yeah. So it's just under fifty thousand dollars. If you spend up to the max, which is uh, the autograph trim, which is a funny name, it's about sixty-two thousand. Um, who's autograph? I don't know who's autograph. What's funny? So if we're talking about the the, the trim names for the QX60, there's the pure. There's yeah. the Lux with an E, so Lux, 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 Lux. There's the sensory. Which Why is, is
0: it Lux? Is that was did they like deluxe sounds great? <laughs> no, sounds deluxe
1: great. sounds cheap, man. Deluxe <laughs> so-
0: <laughs> Is that how they avoid that? Though?
1: When's the last time you bought something that had deluxe on it?
0: Uh I can't now that you mention it, you're right. I'm firmly in in Lux camp. I did
1: guess. didn't McDonald's have like an, an arch deluxe burger? At one point, I'm really dating myself here. In the '90s,
0: <laughs> I wasn't. I was not. You were eating burgers but, in the '90s. No, right. I wasn't making menu choices at the McDonald's <laughs> in the '90s.
1: So anyway, let's forget about that. But so lux with an e, yeah. And then there's sensory, which is a little sensory. Does I have that mean
0: admit, it now can uh, feel
1: and taste things? I'm a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> With the implications of the QX sixty sensory trim. It's almost like I don't want a car unlike you, I don't feel yes, an affinity unlike for me. I don't feel an affinity for like the robot overlords that uh, pilot the AIs behind our self driving cars. So I don't want a car that can mind meld with me, which is what sensory kind of indicates. No, well I'm worried about that. Because usually when it comes to
0: uh robots, all they can really do is is in terms of senses, is look at me with their robot eyes and tell me that they, they see me, they recognize me, and to keep my eyes um, looking out the window while they do all the other robot-y things. Sensory suggests that they've got other senses now. Like maybe a than... tendril or something? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like I said, like smell or taste, and uh, then I'm getting a little uh, concerned about that. I
1: don't want a robot to communicate its sick thoughts to me <laughs> while I'm driving down the road. And I don't think I'm alone. When I to, in saying that, but moving forward past Infinity's branding, uh, when I said it, it's just like the bow oh, and top and hold
0: on, and top trim is bi- auto autograph. autograph, not to be not-
1: confused with the Range Rover autobiography, auto- Autograph, which I think is <laughs> their top trim,
0: uh,
1: autobiography, right? There you go, something like yeah. that, someone's signing something about someone's life, so. Everything carries over from the Pathfinder under the hood. It's got a 295 horsepower V6. It's the same engine you could get in the older QX60, but they got rid of the CVT, which is great. In of mild it, progress. Yeah, there's a nine-speed automatic now, which is completely fine and innocuous. I had no issues with it. My model was all-wheel drive, but it's a front-wheel drive platform, so you can get that if you live somewhere where all-wheel drive is not important. I happen to live somewhere where we got a lot of snow during the week where I was driving it, and it drove pretty well i mean it pushed a little bit when i was cornering as i expected because it's a big front heavy kind of vehicle but other than that uh on the slush and the ice and the snow it was completely as expected um it can tow six thousand pounds which is like a thousand pounds more than the year before and i have to admit it looks pretty good on the outside it's a decent looking vehicle and on the inside what i like about infinity is it's very clean uh, I've got buttons. I've got dials. I have a screen where I need a screen. I don't have excessive screens where I don't need a screen. I have. Wait, a cl-
0: wait. You're saying this doesn't have a grand, a grand Wagoneer dash uh, dashboard screen? No,
1: it's got a single screen in the middle and a pretty big mm-hmm. gauge cluster screen. It's got a physical shifter, which was kind of weird. It's like a almost like a you know a blackboard eraser. It's yes. kind of like that size, and you slide it forwards and backwards, and it works fine enough. <laughs> that can't be true. A blackboard eraser is large, I think. Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be large. I guess it depends how big <laughs> your hands are. You're nuts. But it, it had that. It worked fine. No issues. Um, everything about the car was easy to understand. I like the fact that the steering wheel had actual buttons, too. It didn't have... Remember when I was complaining about the Golf R, and it had that um, those touch panels? Wait, wait.
0: which complaint? Because... There were so many.
1: The one about the interface touch panels, about how it was difficult to use. Like I couldn't, I had to tap them multiple times to try and and get any kind of response from the system, whether it was navigation or infotainment or whatever. So the Infinity just has like straight up hard buttons on the steering wheel. There's so much better because when you're driving and you push it, you can feel it click and you know that it's actually worked. You don't have to take your attention from the road. Uh, And I think that's something that people overlook when they're designing these systems. Okay. And- Talk to me about,
0: I know the motor hasn't changed, but the transmission has, and that changes the attitude of the vehicle quite a bit, I
1: think. Yeah, I mean, I want, in a, in a vehicle like this size, in a, in a luxury vehicle in general, but especially a large one, I don't want to know there's a transmission. Okay. I don't want to feel what it's doing or thinking or whatever. I don't want to have that level of engagement. It's not what a three-row midsize luxury crossover is about, in my opinion. And in okay. that respect, the Infiniti was quite successful.
0: Okay, in my mind, I always th- I always think to myself, in a luxury car, I don't want to hear or feel the thunk of a, of a gear change, Yeah, right? so I
1: didn't have to deal with that. And, but okay. I will point out that it's not very powerful. It's yeah, one, 195, you said? No, t- two, 295. Two- 195, <laughs> yeah. We're, we're recording this from 2011.
0: Sorry, that's,
1: I knew. <laughs> it's a 9-liter V6 that produces 80 horsepower on a two-stroke setup.
0: Right, right uh must be getting a great fuel economy it
1: gets seven bushels to the hectare
0: okay 295 and uh, so you're right that doesn't sound very powerful and probably without a turbocharger it, it probably doesn't feel all that thrilling right? no it's it's
1: adequate but just um you compare mm-hmm. it to i believe you can get 380 horsepower in like the aviator is that correct
0: I hope so. Uh, it, are, are, did you, are you expecting me to fact check this right now? I am.
1: I mean, I thought that was what we had agreed on. <laughs> but uh, no, like, like, but like, in comparison, a four cylinder turbo in the GV80 makes like 300 horsepower, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. It, it's Something like that, 280, something around there, 310. The Aviator is actually 400 horsepower, and the hybrid oh my is gosh. the hybrid's 494,
0: and and like 600 pound feet of
1: torque. Yeah. So. In comparison to a vehicle like that, which I think is, you know, second-tier luxury, although I, I like the Aviator, but just in terms mm-hmm. of how it's presented, the QX60 doesn't really punch its weight. Um, if you look at the XT6, I think they're very similar. I think the XT6 yeah. is a three three 3.6-liter V6 that's around 300 horsepower. And it should
0: be a 3-liter turbo by now because – well, I mean, not saying it, it will get that, but – GM has that motor, right?
1: Sure. I mean, they have lots of motors. Uh, (laughs) They have lots of ideas. The MDX is also right around there. It's 290 horsepower. I think the Type S is like 355. But, you know, the base model is right there. So this is the ballpark. Again, we're starting to see, even in Tier 2 luxury, there are striations (laughs) that are separating these vehicles. Uh, I think that's the same horsepower you would get from a Volvo XC90.
0: Not, okay. So it's, in the in that range, it's, it it's adequate. But it, do, it just doesn't feel anything special.
1: It's not a class leader, yeah, and doesn't feel special.
0: And then talk to me about the cabin. I know you mentioned clean design, but what about the materials and the layout and the? One of the cool things I liked about the QX50 when it launched was that they had a lot of really unique um, uh, combinations of color in their in their cabin. Is that still the case with the QX? I you mean
1: QX60. It's fine. Uh, I think that they do a good job with detail, which is always my pet thing when it comes to luxury. Uh, the leather so is. Tell
0: me a detail that you
1: liked. Just the way that the leather is stitched across the dashboard. It's it, it. was. It has a nice. You can get a quilted like top pattern, mm-hmm. that matches. The, the stitching on the – it's it's kind of like a flat area that has like a wood trim on top of it. And then you have your plastic. So uh, there's this three layers yeah. in between you and the plastic on the dash. And that's nice because that means that if I'm reaching for something, I'm probably not going to touch any hard plastics or anything that's like disagreeable, which I might be irritated by since I'm paying like fifty to $60,000 for this vehicle. I think yeah. Lexus has done – not Lexus, sorry. Infinity has done a good job at keeping things feeling upscale inside. it's also a good amount of room. First and second row, it's nice. Third row, it's like pretty much every one of these mid-sized crossovers. If you're a kid, it's fine. If you're not, don't sit back there for too long. And cargo space was also pretty decent. Uh, I, ha- I get the third row folded most of the time and I was able to you know run errands and whatnot, not have any issues.
0: Okay. Now, I think it's important to talk about something you mentioned earlier about the second tier, the second tier of luxury Lincoln used to be um, commonly mentioned in this class. I'm not sure the Aviator is as bad—not bad—is as uncompetitive with the first that first tier anymore. And one of the things that Ford had to do to make that um, a reality is that they deviated from like the Explorer in some ways to make the the Aviator stand out on its own right. When I hear you talk about the QX60, I hear a lot of pathfinder within this car yeah there's
1: definitely a lot of pathfinder within this car but the two that
0: wasn't always that didn't always feel like infinity's mo right
1: well for the last 10 years i would argue that it has been
0: yeah maybe that's a it is a recent thing because like when the g sorry when the g happened like in the heyday of like recent infinity and the what was the other one the fx and ex series those were like unique Kind of feeling vehicles. If right? you look at the share... Q50
1: and the Q60, they're still unique because they don't have a direct analog in the Nissan mm-hmm. lineup. But I think that every vehicle that does have an analog, you can feel those roots. I I, I think that the QX60 is different looking, and uh, I think the interior is much better. But overall, the experience is than ex- Nissan Pathfinder. Yes, but overall, okay. the experience is similar from behind the wheel.
0: But then why not get like you're saying? Truly, there's a big, a significant difference between a fully loaded Pathfinder yes. and a no QX60. question. Okay. Well, that's good. That's what I was trying to to drill down here because too many times it feels like you could probably save yourself a good chunk of change by just getting the fully loaded mainstream model, right? Yeah. And I mean, that's still the case, but here you will find um, experiential differences.
1: But if we're going back again to beat this dead horse to the first and second tier luxury... Most of the members in that first tier do not have an analog that is cheaper or uh, a platform share that's not a luxury vehicle, right?
0: That's true. Acura d- definitely doesn't, um, and Volvo doesn't. So who else was in this?
1: IBM, Lexus. BMW, Audi. Uh... Oh, in the
0: first tier. Sorry. Yeah, I'm talking yes. about the first tier. Yeah. Oh, what's wrong with me? Yes, the first tier. In fact, some of those vehicles are the, basic, the basis of the full-size model. They share – like I think the GLE and the GLS are – like might share similar platforms or technology for sure and, so and, and the 5 and the x7
1: every porsche and audi product shares the same platform now regardless <laughs> yes
0: yes that's a really thorough i think that, that was a really thorough take on the uh, qx60 anything else you want to talk about here
1: no not really i mean it's it's if that's your budget and mm-hmm. you like the styling then go go give it a whirl uh, just don't expect to be blown away by the driving experience. Focus on the quality of the interior, the space that you're getting, and whether you like the styling. Uh, and that's kind of what I would look at if I was shopping for the QX60.
0: And the cars that I'm going to be talking about today um, also include discussion on that kind of tier. I'm going to talk about um, three products in the in the small luxury car range, or, con- or like, yeah, small. I think it's the right size. Um, the X3, the GV70, and the Lexus NX, and they each each three each of them caters to a different market, um, even though they are size the same and priced similarly. And the latest like update is in that new Lexus NX. And I just want to th- I want to I want to take a quick walk down memory lane. The Lexus NX wasn't a super competitive product. It sold, I think, very well for its class, but it wasn't particularly special. Um, and I think a lot of it was people re- relying on the rely, relying on the reputation of Lexus to make that decision. I don't think there was anything special with that old NX. This new one looks way sharper, and the interior has been thoroughly revised, um, and and looks and feels like a real luxury vehicle.
1: I, you um, drove the hybrid version back the... in October, right?
0: Yeah, the plug-in hybrid. Now I'm driving the regular hybrid. And there is a turbocharged four-cylinder model as well, (laughs) as well as a non-turbo four-cylinder as well. So there's um, a whopping seven trims of the Lexus NX now. Um, But I drove the one right in the middle. It's the uh, NX 350H all-wheel drive. It has a hybrid four-cylinder, 2.5-liter four-cylinder with an electric motor, it makes about 240 horsepower. It feels a little bit more um, impressive than that because that electric motor is just so um, responsive. The issue is it's paired with ACVT and can get kind of buzzy when you really want to get going, but it gets quiet
1: pretty quickly. So does that does that buzziness kind of impact the luxury feel of the vehicle?
0: Yeah. So it's it's very funny because I feel like Lexus did as like. They made the improvements on the things that will that will make the most impact um, to customers. It looks better, and it and the interior is a huge departure, including the infotainment system, which has been improved. Everything else kind of feels not luxurious. This powertrain, I think, is essentially pulled from a Rav Four, um, and same with the plug-in version, which I think is related to the Rav Four Prime. Not to say that that isn't a great experience. It's just that doesn't feel or sound luxurious. Um, in the other vehicles that I mentioned, uh, I'll get in detail about those. There's a sense of occasion when you're driving them, and you don't have that with the Lexus NX. And that's a, I think that's a problem for some luxury car shoppers.
1: And I think also it's important to point out that of the three vehicles you're discussing, the NX is a front-wheel drive platform. Yeah. And, and so – yeah. That, I mean, that's going to have a significant impact on how sporty it feels, uh, especially if it was originally developed with more of a packaging focus than an actual performance focus, which it kind of yeah. sounds like the NX platform was.
0: Yeah, and I will, I will say um, it, is, it is not sporty. Uh, I mean, there are F-Sport models. I don't think those are going to be um, any imp- any, anything impressive. I think the steering is actually pretty solid. Uh, well-weighted, really responsive. The braking was really touchy. Um, that might have to do with the regenerative regenerative brakes that um, just feel like a switch at, at, at a certain um, position of the brake pedal. Just suddenly it feels like, oh, you're stopping now. Um, and uh, it, it is just interesting that, that investment with the NX. It went into design... And and interface rather than performance and
1: that wow factor. Well that Yep. I mean, we're talking about a car company, Toyota, that doesn't make a single performance vehicle. Um True. Is
0: the is the L C considered a I mean that's an outlier. To me the L
1: C is a grand touring car. It's not a it's not a dedicated performance vehicle. But of the two sports And the
0: IS five hundred now?
1: So from I have not driven one yet. Yeah. Everyone I know who's driven one has said it feels like a soft Lexus with a big motor. Well, uh,
0: that which... sounds like a grand tour to, a grand tour to me. <laughs> uh,
1: but the reason I point this out is because Toyota... Uh, I think it's important to underline the fact that Toyota sells two sports cars that it does not build and it did not yep. engineer. Yep. And that culture at the company just doesn't seem to exist. So when I hear that the, the NX is not sporty or engaging to drive or or doesn't have any wow tractor. Yeah, it, this is, a, a, it's not a mistake. It's a conscious decision from a company yeah. that has stepped back from that. Okay, then let's talk about those those
0: highlights, right? Like I mentioned, first of all, this infotainment system, um, really responsive, vibrant, like in color wise, easy to, like vibrant. It's, it's easy to look
1: at. And we beat up, easy, up on, on, the on the Lexus infotainment in the last episode. Yeah. <clears throat>
0: um, and when you use Android Auto or, or Apple CarPlay, it makes use of the whole screen, which is really cool. Um, something that the GV seventy doesn't do, which has a very wide fourteen inch screen, it doesn't use the whole screen when you're using. What are you going to do um, with Android all that Auto.
1: screen stuff, though, man? What do you, What do you need on that big screen?
0: I want all of as much information as you can show How me. How many icons that.
1: can you really take oh, on I your need commute? My,
0: I need my buttons. Uh, you know, it'd be great if I could put up, pull up my Pokemon Go over there, and know where all of my my Pokestops are. On yeah, one that side sounds of that.
1: like totally like what the lawyers at Toyota would sign <laughs> off on. Yeah, Pokestops. <laughs>
0: Um, so this is a huge improvement for them. It needs tuning, a tuning knob. I think if the, is the most critical thing I can say about the new in- infotainment dis- design. It needs a tuning knob. I don't know how else to say it. Trying to move between stations, um, that are not set as presets. Um, that is was, a pain the, is a pain in the butt. That, that, that was weird? my
1: issue with the infinity, uh, system as well, because I know I didn't mention this, but well, wow, your
0: time is up, Ben. Come on. It, let me it, let me get to my thing. It had a
1: similar weird thing where like instead of being able to actually go from one station to the next on satellite radio, you would push a button that would pop up a menu and then you would use that same button to go up and down the menu to like choose different channels instead of just going from one channel to the next. So it was like, kind of a whole integrated process that was a little irritating. <laughs> well, why not just have a dial?
0: I know. Um, okay, and then I want to talk about the. First of all, let me mention the NX starts at under forty for a very basic NX 250. The model I had um, costs at costs around forty two thousand um, dollars. A turbocharged four cylinder model will set you back around the same cost. So you get to choose whether or not um, you want the turbo four or the hybrid, the hybrid model. Well, that's motor. nice
1: compared to like the Rav Four, where I think the hybrid is considerably more expensive.
0: Yeah. And then you've got the plug-in hybrid which is a whopping 56,000 to start which Whoa. is Yeah, which is pretty pricey, but I don't think that's that bad considering the pricing of some of the competition like the GV70, the X3 that I mentioned. I want to talk about this X3 because I think I drove the same trim that you had, which is the M40i. It is not stiff exactly, but there is so much motion happening, like vertical motion It's not like it hurts you, but it makes you kind of, like, dizzy. Like, it makes you not feel great. Which is a shame because the highlight of this car, the motor, is so, so good. Like,
1: fantastic. The interior is also very nice. Yeah, if you love red leather interior. um, My entire home is red leather. (laughs) Yes, I know that. It's easy to wash. It doesn't stain. And I can dry it in the sun. (laughs)
0: It doesn't stain with what you're using. Um, so one of the funny things I have to admit is these press vehicles that we get with this red interior that ex- that exaggerates the interior design of the of the vehicle. I don't think if this was done up in a, in a regular black or white cabin, it would look nearly as impressive, right? I mean,
1: I guess I it's I don't know. I I just like the way that the cabin is laid out. I think it's very logical.
0: I will admit that the infotainment system in that is actually pretty good. I I, I didn't realize how much I didn't like the infotainment system in the Genesis. I think that's what I'm coming to realize. You don't like the
1: the dome, the inverted dome?
0: (laughs) The inverted dome is on the new GV60. I have the the twin knobs on the dash, uh, on the center console. One for the gear selector and one for the infotainment system, which are easily, um, which are the same size, right next to each other. So if one day you want to change your you want to change stations and put the car in park instead that can happen fair enough um but uh i was this was the thing that just disappointed me along with the pricing of the um x3 which is something that we discussed in the past this one starts at 57000 which is what we mentioned for the plug-in hybrid um nx is about the same same cost and then the gv70 um i just it is a very good in between of the two of those two spectrums. I think it's a solid product, it's spacious. Um, the V six is is satisfying, and the four cylinder will not leave you um, wishing you had the V six. I think, and is priced aggressively with a ton of features.
1: Yeah, I, for I mean, sure. I mean, this it, is
0: something our our listeners have heard enough of uh, in terms of the GV seventy. They know that we're fans. You keep bringing it up, though. Yeah, but I wanted to just say that. If you're looking for something a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more um, performance-oriented, the X3 will definitely deliver that. But at a much
1: higher price, I think.
0: Yeah. And if you're looking for something um, maybe a bit more stylish um, and you're maybe willing to save a few bucks, the NX might do that so long as you're not getting the plug-in model.
1: And as long as you're willing to let go of uh, driving experience that won't put you to sleep.
0: Yeah, look, I don't think every luxury car buyer is looking for that. No, of right? course not. But it's
1: just, you know, that's the differentiator between these three, right? Okay.
0: Um, I have a quick game that I want to play with you. I have a couple of questions. Oh, hey, hey, whoa. Were you just amb- ambushing me with this game? What, what's going yes. on? What are the rules? The rules are, I'm going to give you two cars. Oh, you no. say which one comes to your mind. This is the one that you you either like, your heart likes. Wait, I have to uh, pick the one I like out of these two? I hope so. You just pick what you think. Whatever, like you feel this is okay. a
1: confusing game i didn't know i'd have to have feelings today
0: <laughs> yeah you need to have feelings today so the first question very well, well, easy. oh
1: we're already going yeah, into yeah. it
0: yep is this there like a is, no, is this like a lightning round style it is like a lightning round okay and if you want to elaborate or if i press you to elaborate you will i might just freeze up at any moment so be prepared okay for this is an easy one how about this one lamborghini
1: Kuntash or diablo well, wow, you froze up immediately. I totally froze because in my mind I'm picturing that sexy long wheelbase of the the Diablo, but then yeah. I'm I'm picturing the super weird everything of the Countach. Yeah. I would say I'd say Diablo. Okay, cool.
0: That's a good one. I like that. I'm going to write that down. Gonna- Wait,
1: whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> what are you doing with this information?
0: I'm going to sell it to Facebook, obviously. <sighs> okay, easy. This is another easy one. Ferrari F40 or F50? F40. Yeah, always. Um. I, yes,
1: I didn't know there were right and wrong answers. This game gets no, better sorry. with each <laughs> round.
0: <laughs> That's me agreeing with. Next is going to
1: be like, oh no, sorry, Ben. Now a relative dies. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> okay, Lincoln. Navigator
0: or Cadillac Escalade? Current current generation? You decide.
1: You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> current generation Navigator.
0: Okay. That makes it seem like past generations escalate.
1: Yeah, I, I like that six too. I think that's a good motor. I think Link. I think Navigator was honestly terrible for like an eight-year period in the tw- in the teens.
0: Okay, speaking of uh, awkward awkward phrase awkward uh, periods of time, El Camino or Ranchero? Which years? I don't know. Whatever. What about the uh, the Durango? Nope not in- not involved. Durango. Yeah, was the
1: Durango a chocolate at one time it was it was the Ford Durango look that up in your Funkin' Wagnalls okay so you're just not gonna answer this I'm passing on that one pass
0: all right well you can't pass on the next one Uh. Subaru Brat or Subaru SVX Brat yeah yeah because
1: I want my friends to be terrified
0: (laughs) and they won't with their tiny window of the no well
1: I mean sitting in the back of the Brat is I think the second most scary experience you can have in an automobile
0: all right. How about the Mazda RX-7 or Miata, any generation?
1: Oh, this is difficult.
0: I know this is the real
1: one. FD RX-7 over everything. Over everything, right? Yeah, but NA Miata is still the still the king. So tie, I, I guess. I,
0: no, no. FD. You said over everything.
1: Yeah, but I say a lot of stuff.
0: All right. How about this for for card Pontiac Aztec or <laughs> Nissan Juke? Juke, no question. The Juke's awesome. Okay. CLS Mercedes C L S or Audi A seven? A seven. Okay. Volkswagen, um I can't remember what it's called. All track? It's one of the golf. I think I think it's a golf All Track. Or the Honda Accord
1: Cross Tour. Ooh, Cross Tour. So I pitched an article about the Cross Tour recently that was uh not accepted by a publisher. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't even want to know. So
1: um I'm gonna go with the All Track. Because the Cross Tour is seriously one of the weirdest looking modern vehicles. Yeah. That bulbous behind. It's just like, what were they thinking? It's like a, it's like a weather balloon, but horizontal.
0: Okay, we're almost done my, my list here. I'm terrified. Uh, 90s, uh, n- the 90s Viper or the C5 Corvette?
1: Oh, 90s Viper, no question. Okay, NSX. Gen 2, Gen 2 forever.
0: Yeah, Gen 2. Uh, NSX or GTR? NSX. No, wait. Oh,
1: no. <laughs> Which generation? No, uh, latest gen. Let's start oh, with no. latest yeah. GTR, forget the NSX.
0: Okay, and then ni-
1: 90s. I like the R34. It's pretty cool. I've never driven a 90s NSX, though.
0: Okay, so that's uh, that's a tough one. Morgan or oh, Caterham. Oh, I'm
1: going with the original Skyline GTR from like the the 60s. The 60s. Yeah, that's the badass. Hakosuka. Is that what it's called? I can't remember off the top of my head.
0: That's badass. Morgan or Caterham.
1: I always said Caterham. Have I been saying it wrong? I don't know. I'm going to go with Caterham just because I say it. Catterham. Okay, those are my initial ones. How about C-Class or 3-Series? Three 3-Series, three no question.
0: All right, Wait, when and why? It
1: doesn't matter. All right, I stand by my answer.
0: 3-Series, was there ever a C-Class that beat out a 3-Series? Well,
1: the 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 previous gen is pretty nice inside, but it doesn't mean I want it. But I do like it's the wagon.
0: The, oh, yeah, I didn't do wagons or... or do you know what I found today on
1: a, on a similar subject? So I was l- looking at um, Alpina, uh, which we discussed on the previous episode. Yeah. And in the '90s, they made a a V8 version of the three series. It had called a, the B3. No B something something, but it had like 4.4 uh, liter V8. And the only reason BMW didn't build that version of the car was because they couldn't figure out a way to do it on their normal production line. And so it would have cost too much money. But Alpina could do it because they're just making like, you know, one-off handmade cars. So it yeah. wasn't a big deal. So it's, it's interesting that like, I didn't know there were eight-cylinder E36s out there. And now I do. That's an, E30, an E36. an e Yes. Not a 46.
0: No. Or even the 90, which got a V8.
1: No, it's, it's, it's like a, it's an Alpina from the 90s. That's wild.
0: Okay, I hope you enjoyed that game. We might do that again, or maybe we should do it for all of our guests.
1: Yeah, maybe. I don't Are you know. Consist- Are you
0: okay? Are you sweating, Bucket?
1: Consistency is 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 an inconsistent thing.
0: Or will you ask me this 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 list later?
1: No, I I mean I'm not that organized. Okay.
0: <laughs> Well, I want to say thank you for another great week of content, Ben. Uh, and thank you to our listeners for for staying tuned in, man. Um, you don't have
1: to thank me, Sammy. Terms of my parole dictate that I continue the operation of this podcast. I know, and I've been I've, taking advantage of it. Until I've repaid my debt to society.
0: <laughs> Trust me, you're slowly getting there. Um, why don't we tell the folks where they can find our podcast?
1: So you can find our podcast in a whole bunch of places. If you go to unnamedautomotivepodcast.com, You've got every episode there. I think this is episode 262 or something like that. But they're all there waiting for you to listen to them. You can also find buttons that will link you to various podcatchers that have our content um, we recently added Stitcher. So if you use Stitcher and you're listening to us, welcome. We all on Spotify, Amazon, Google, Apple, all that good stuff, CastBox. We were on something called Dog Catcher, which I didn't know was a thing. And there's also someone out there who's listening to us on a specific media delivery device that I had never heard of. And I want to say welcome to you too because you taught me about what that thing was and I didn't know it was out there. Um, you, additionally, you can use our website to get in touch with us. It's – there's a little contact form there and if you fill that out and click send, it ends up in my inbox and I read every single thing you send. So keep that in mind when you're composing your prose. One last thing about the website and podcatchers. If you leave a review for us, whether it's good, bad, or whatever, even just clicking a a like or – a. I think some podcast systems have an actual starred review system that really helps because it pushes our podcast to the top of the huge list and helps more people find our uh, commentary.
0: And as much as we like being like countercultured and, and behind the behind the curtain,
1: we like having new people listen to our podcast too, Behind right? the curtain? I don't know. That sounds I... creepy. That's like as creepy as Infinity's sensory trim.
0: <laughs> well, I mean... I'm if an so- automaker is if an automaker is going with that, it's not that.
1: Crazy. I think s- behind the curtain was the second choice for the sensory when they were like, "Ah, oh, which one are we going to do? Behind the curtain or sensory? Behind the curtain or sensory?" Um, you
0: mentioned we can get in touch. You can get in touch with us through a contact form on our website, but you can also reach out to us on social media. You can find Ben; he is on Instagram. He's at hunting benjamin, and you can find me on Twitter. I'm at sammy underscore ha. Like you're laughing um additionally if you like what we do you can uh give us a little tip uh you can head on over to our ko-fi ko-fi.com slash unnamed automotive podcast um and you can uh let us know what you really think about the podcast with uh with a little tip there
1: yeah and thank you jamie for your generous donation of late really appreciate it and uh we're happy that we're keeping you entertained it's a big part of why we do this it's fun for us when it's uh when, when everyone else is having a good time too Absolutely. Ben, what are you talking about next week? So next week, I'm going to be talking about the BMW M240i, which is the redesigned version of the company's smallest sports coupe. And I already have opinions about this vehicle, Sam.
0: Very cool. Um, I can't remember what I've got next week, so you're going to have to
1: tune in and find out. Wow. All right. right. We're well, always prepared at the Unnamed Automotive Podcast.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Take care, everyone. Bye. See you next week.